We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are back like we never left. What's going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres. And uh, in case you're new here, we like to cover recruiting. And there is an awful lot going on uh, on the recruiting trail and in the transfer portal for Oregon. So we are here to talk about it in our Oregon football recruiting rundown. This is the Thursday, December 1st, 2022 edition. Uh, I try to do something a little bit different this time. You can watch me live on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Taurus. And you can also watch this, uh, hopefully it's working, on Twitter. My Twitter account is at mtaurussports. Uh, but like I mentioned, there is a lot of stuff going on in the world of Oregon football recruiting, whether we're talking transfer portal or we're talking the recruiting trail ahead of the early signing period, which be- I believe begins on December 21st and runs through December 23rd. A lot of stuff going on, like I mentioned. So have a couple of points I want to get to today, a couple of the, the biggest storylines regarding Oregon football recruiting and then maybe depending on comments and questions that pop up, we'll see if we can get to a couple of those. So whether you're here live uh, in the live stream or watching on replay, make sure to do me a favor, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, and leave me a comment or question letting me know your thoughts on Oregon football recruiting as the Ducks also navigate finding a new offensive coordinator um, during all of this craziness with Kenny Dillingham heading out to Arizona State. So the first story we're going to get into on today's episode of the Ducks Dish podcast, a couple of transfer portal updates for the Ducks um, coming uh, since we last recorded that I wanted to hit on. Uh, The first is starting in the quarterback room. Oregon quarterback Jay Butterfield uh, announced that he would be announced his intention to enter the transfer portal. That was a I'm kind of getting a little bit messed up with uh, with the word selection because the transfer portal window doesn't officially open uh, until December 5th. But a lot of these posts are coming out with I'm entering the transfer portal or I'm intending I'm going to enter the transfer portal. So um, can be a little tricky, you know, uh, depending on how you want to, uh, you know, how you want to go about wording it. But he's going to be in the transfer portal, intends to transfer from the program is the case in point. 
as you guys know, I always like to start these segments off with the players' words. So if you're watching on YouTube, I'm sharing my screen to show you Jay Butterfield's post, and we can go ahead and read what he had to say. Quote, Thank you, Oregon football, for the many amazing experiences over the past three years. I will be forever grateful for my time here in Eugene. I want to thank all of my coaches, academic advisors, fans, and most importantly, my teammates. You have all helped me grow tremendously as a player and a person. The bonds I have made here are truly one of a kind and will never be forgotten. I also want to thank my family and my friends for all of your support. You all mean the world to me. With a college degree and three years of eligibility left, I have decided to enter my name in the transfer portal. I am excited to get back to work and continue to follow my dreams. Much love, Duck Nation, Jay Butterfield. So a quarterback uh, enters the transfer portal for Oregon. This is definitely a significant development, seeing that, uh, you know, not only is quarterback the most important position, uh, you know, on the football field, but Oregon's quarterback picture right now looks about as unclear as it has in quite some time. Um, So Butterfield, let's just stick a little bit on him and talk about him at Oregon. During his time at Oregon, uh, Jay Butterfield really – so, you know, surprisingly, he only he only attempted four passes of in-game action. He was uh, one for one in his lone appearance in the 2022 season against Eastern Washington. That was back in September. So not a whole lot of production, but he really didn't see the field that much, right? Ty Thompson was the primary backup to Bo Nix. Um, but Jay Butterfield did come to Oregon as a highly touted recruit in the class of 2020. He was listed at 6'6", 202 pounds. And according to the 247 Sports Composite, was rated a four-star prospect, 0.9352 on the composite, number 147 prospect nationally, number five pro-style passer, and the number 16 recruit in the state of California. And then some of the other offers that he had on the table, a lot of Pac-12 interest, but, but schools like Michigan, Tennessee, Iowa State, Fresno State. Uh, Arizona, Arizona State, staying closer, uh, you know, closer to home in the Pac-12. He's a West Coast guy, uh, originally out of the Bay Area, Liberty High School. So he's he's going to have some options um, for sure. He's going to have some options. I, w- I would definitely see him as as maybe uh, maybe he finds another place in the Pac-12. Um, one one spot that popped into my mind was was UCLA, but I don't know how mobile he is in terms of the kind of quarterback that that Chip Kelly is looking for. Um, but that could be an interesting one with Dorian Thompson Robinson's college career wrapping up, um, or maybe we see him in in the Mountain West. Fresno State could be a cool, interesting destination with uh, with you know Jake Hayner playing uh, as well as he did there. I believe he's coming back for the the bowl game, or at least for the. <clears throat> for the Mountain West Championship, excuse me, against Boise State. So this is a big development for Oregon in the quarterback room, right? Because now you have a guy that you know is going to be leaving. Uh, that's, uh, you know, one less scholarship guy in your quarterback room. And we still don't know what's happening with Bo Nix. Bo Nix is yet to make his um, his football, the decision on the future of his football career. Is he going to go to the NFL and uh, pursue a professional career? Or is he going to come back to Eugene and run it back one more year with the Ducks because he does have one more year of college eligibility uh, because of because of the you know COVID COVID rule? Um, so I think that this is definitely something to monitor for Oregon. Uh, you would assume that Bo would make his decision. I would think before the bowl game, 
Oregon's trying to figure out which bowl game they're going to be in. Uh, obviously, that answer will probably come after this weekend, you know, Selection Sunday, while uh, once all of the conference title games have uh, have panned out and we kind of have a little bit more clarity around that picture. Um, but for me, I kind of see, I think it probably makes the most sense. You know, my gut feel is, is that Bo would try to go to the NFL. You know, he had his best season uh, at the college level uh, with Kenny Dillingham, who's no longer at Oregon. He, he got banged up. Unfortunately, at the end of the season, he's had some injury history. So why come back for another season? You know, just trying to look at it from from both uh, from both angles. Um, uh, so, yeah, you don't want to you know come back and get hurt. And then, you know, you kind of want to cash in while, you know, strike while the iron's hot, so to speak. So uh, we still have to wait for Bo Nix's official you know, decision. Uh, but I'm just kind of giving my two cents on whether I think he's going to come back or or go for another year. Of course, Oregon would love to have him back. Um, he really, you know, really um, turned things around from his time at Auburn. Really felt like the perfect reunion, you know, match made in heaven with Kenny Dillingham uh, and Bo Nix, both going to Eugene to play with the, you know, run with the Ducks uh, in 2022. So now Oregon has Jay Butterfield, entering the transfer portal. They're still looking for an offensive coordinator who will more than likely also have some kind of relation uh, coaching up the quarterbacks. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. And then we also don't know if Ty Thompson's necessarily going to come back. And I think with with him, now that, now that Jay Butterfield's already made this move, I don't know if he's necessarily going to announce. Let's say he does stay. I don't know if there's going to be some kind of announcement. I'm going to stay at Oregon. Let's run it back another year. Because let's be honest, you know, the quarterback play has been shaky when uh, when Ty's been in. You know, I never want to criticize a guy too much, but the offense hasn't been at its best um, when Ty has come in. And he had to come in during that Washington game. And what did Kenny Dillingham do? He called four straight run plays. And I think that that was because he didn't trust him to pass the ball. So um, not only could Oregon potentially have to find a new starter at quarterback if Big if there, Ty Thompson were to enter the transfer portal, uh, they'd have to figure out their backup situation because, as we all know, you know, having a great starting quarterback only gets you so far in college football. If your starting quarterback goes down, you have to have someone who can keep the offense rolling and uh, you know executing at a high level, and that's not something that Oregon had or currently has now, uh, so to speak, in the 2022 season. Um, seeing that, it's uh, probably safe to say that. Jay Butterfield will not be playing in the bowl game, seeing that he uh, announced that he was going to be entering the transfer portal. So a lot of crazy stuff going on with the uh, with the quarterback room, just in terms of trying to figure out what that picture is going to look like um, for Oregon um, moving forward. I'm seeing some comments here about Caleb Presley and Dante Moore, so we will definitely get to those. Um, I have one more transfer portal update that I want to get to, so make sure you guys stick around for that. I think there were a couple comments on butters uh, real quick that we can get up. Gerard says, hope the best for Jay, but I always wanted to see him get his chance at Oregon to display his skills. I was high on him as a recruit when he committed to us. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, that's kind of the same feel that I had. I think, especially with, you know, Oregon actually putting some games away this year and, you know, Ty was playing how he did, you know, necessarily didn't look super comfortable when he was in. I thought that, you know, what, why not give Butterfield a shot and just see what he has? 
but we also know that with the kind of quarterback that Kenny Dillingham likes to have in his offense is that you want to have a guy that that's you know more mobile and, and can move around and then maybe is more athletic. And just not to say that Jay Butterfield can't run, but I think Ty Thompson fits that mold a little bit better for what Kenny Dillingham wanted out of his quarterback. So definitely want to see what what happens with uh, Jay Butterfield. Hope he finds a good home and uh, can get a good shot where, wherever he goes. Brooks says, I will keep following Butters. Hope he lands at a good spot. And then we got Mikey G in here saying, let's go. What's up, Mikey? Glad to uh, glad to have you here. We got uh, Eric in the building. We got Brother Steve in the building. What's going on, Brother Steve? Good to see you. Glad you're here in the chat. Um, glad you're here on the show. So let's see. Our next guy that we're going to be talking about, um, we have Byron Cardwell announced that he would be um, entering the transfer portal. Uh, he announced that over his Instagram story, so I need to see if I can pull that up um, and if that's still, I think that should still be up. Just give me a second while I try to pull this up over on the good old Instagram. Okay, and it's not up, but that's okay because I wrote a story about it and I screenshotted the post. So give me just a second to find that and then we will go over to that. We'll let the uh, good old interwebs load. Come on. Almost there. There we go. Okay. All right, so here's a screenshot of Byron Cardwell's uh, Instagram post announcing that he would be entering the transfer portal. I'll go ahead and close some of these ads. So this is the story uh, from the story that we have on, on Ducks Digest. Byron Carwell saying, quote, I want to thank the Lord for everything he has done for me, and I'm thankful and appreciate those who kindly supported me while at the University of Oregon. I will be entering the transfer portal. Hashtag God's plan. So Byron Carwell is the newest name that uh, will enter the transfer portal for Oregon, uh, along with Jay Butterfield. Byron Cardwell, I think this was more of a, it wasn't a, a shock necessarily that he entered the transfer portal just based on how the season played out and his, his lack of playing time. You know, that's kind of, I feel a lot of people, you know, that's at the core of their decision to enter the transfer portal is I'm not getting an opportunity here. I want to get some snaps. So we'll go ahead and, um, you know, look, look for a new spot where you can get some snaps. So in 2022, Cardwell only played in two games had a total of 16 carries for 72 yards on the ground and four touchdowns. Oh, this was, sorry, this was his total career stats at Oregon. 16 games at Oregon, 72 carries for 493 rushing yards and four touchdowns on the ground. Like I was saying until I messed up, two games uh, in the 2022 season for, for Oregon, 11 carries for 76 yards. And a touchdown, added four catches for 34 yards and a touchdown through the air. Did get banged up a little bit uh, during the season, and, and we didn't see him get back on the field. So seeing that he only played two games at Oregon this season, he's going to be able to redshirt, I would imagine, and keep that additional year uh, of eligibility. But this was a shock, I think, that he didn't get that have that big of a role at Oregon in 2022, and a big part of that was because of just how effective he was in 2021, right? You'll remember that going to the 2021 season, Oregon was rocking with that duo of CJ Verdell and, and Travis Dye, a, a little bit of that thunder and lightning kind of a deal. Travis Dye had an awesome season at USC before he had a season on the injury. That was definitely something that you didn't want to see. Never like to see guys have uh, you know significant injuries 
uh, like that. Um, but Carwell came and uh, played played a big role for this Oregon offense last year after CJ Verdell suffered a season ending injury against Stanford. And, um, you know, he was, he was a guy that came in and really ran like a vet. I thought he had a lot of maturity and patience as a running back for, for Oregon. Um, when he was called upon, um, played in 14 games last year as a true freshman, 61 carries for 417 rushing yards and three touchdowns. So, when he had as big of a role as he did, even though his role last year was unexpected, right? Because of CJ Verdell's injury, he really, I think, you know, lived up to expectations and, and answered the call that the Ducks, uh, you know, needed from him last year as a true freshman. So at the end of last year, the, the feeling was that, you know, he largely, at least among fans, was that he was going to be the clear cut running back one at Oregon in 2022. New coaching staff comes in, three new running backs come in with Jordan James in the 2022 signing class. You also have Bucky Irving, who transfers over from Minnesota and was named uh, PFF All-First Team, All-Pac-12 this week. uh, The lone first-teamer for the Oregon offense uh, on the PFF All-Pac-12 teams, but Bucky Irving was a massive success story, stepped right in and balled out. And you have Noah Whittington, who followed Carlos Lachlan from Western Kentucky to Eugene went from the nation's top passing offense and really was just a, an awesome, awesome runner this year for the Ducks, uh, kind of a 1A, 1B situation with Noah Whittington and, and Bucky Irving. So, um, you know, you have three new guys that come in. So it can it's it's a, it was more of the same that we've seen at Oregon in terms of it's an embarrassment of riches in the backfield. And there's only so many carries to, to go around. Um, so I thought that that was interesting um that uh that they had a crowded room and you just had so many carries to go around and you also had Sean Dollars um who was who was there getting some carries after uh suffering <clears throat> an injury last year and uh, that caused him to miss the entire 2021 season had to get a little sip of coffee here as I'm rolling solo on this show you know I always like to keep the coffee handy um, even though it's 149 in the afternoon, but yeah, as far as Carwell's, uh, you know, impending departure in the transfer portal, um, Oregon still has a ton of talent in their, uh, you know, in their backfield, right. With the guys that I mentioned early, earlier, Bucky Irving, Noah Whittington, those are both young guys that, uh, you know, could be back next year, or you would think that they're going to be back next year. I should say, uh, Jordan James is only a true freshman and he kind of had that role as a short yardage goal line back for the ducks. And, and that was really working for him in the 14J formation that uh, brings out Josh Connerly and all those big tight ends for Oregon and the run set, kind of a reminiscent of a Stanford jumbo package that they used to run under David Shaw, who recently stepped down and won't be the head coach for the Cardinal anymore. So that's a a significant development. And then uh, Oregon, as far as running backs, they also have 2023 running back commit Dante Dowdell out of Picayune Memorial High School in Mississippi. He was recently he recently received the Class 5A Mr. Football Award uh, for Mississippi, um, which is usually you know awarded to the best players in their respective states. Uh, he's just been on an absolute tear. Um, he has two thousand around two thousand rushing yards on the season and twenty eight rushing touchdowns, and then he's going uh, up against West Point High School, I believe it is, for the Mississippi State title this Friday. So that'll be tomorrow. 
uh, opportunity to go out with a bang. Pickyun has been on a roll all season, and Dante has been just an absolute stud for them. So I believe Oregon's also going after a second running back in 2023, so that kind of gives you a good idea of where Oregon's running back room is at. And, you know, who's to say that Dowdell doesn't come in and try to shake things up and uh, compete for early playing time at Oregon? Because we, we know that running back is one of those positions where it's a little bit, I don't want to say easier, but more common for, for running backs to, to find, for freshmen or underclassmen to find the field uh, early. So this, uh, this is definitely, um, definitely, you know, a significant update for Oregon. But, I mean, Oregon's always going to have talented running backs. You know, that's never a position I think that you're going to have to worry about. People know about the history with Oregon's running backs, with, with the Oregon offense. And I think that this year, even though it was a much better passing offense and one an offense that was much more dedicated to the past than we've seen uh, in recent years, we know that Oregon was still kind of a run first team, even though they were taking a more balanced approach. So Jay Butterfield and Byron Carwell enter the transfer portal. Um, you know, the latest uh, the latest names for Oregon to enter the portal. We also want to give an opportunity to plug a story here. We have a running Oregon Ducks transfer portal tracker story over on Ducks Digest. So make sure you guys check that out so that you don't miss out on the latest transfer portal updates for Oregon. Um, seeing that a lot of players are making those announcements now. All right. So let's see. Let's see what we got here next. We got some folks in the chat. Thank you guys for tuning in. However, you're tuned in. Glad to glad to have you here. All right. All right, let's see, because I had a comment here that I wanted to bring up. Uh, come on, now I can't find it. It's all right, but I know someone was asking about it. I'll just have to scroll back for it later on in the show. One of the uh, big updates that we got on the recruiting trail for Oregon on Thursday morning uh, was that head coach Dan Lanning will be traveling to Detroit on Friday to visit with Oregon quarterback commit Dante Moore. Steve Wiltfong was the first one to report that of 247 Sports. Uh, I, I talked to a couple of my sources and uh, was able to confirm that report. So Dan Lanning will be heading out to Michigan to check in on the headliner of Oregon's 2023 recruiting class. And uh, to state the obvious here, maybe we don't need to state the obvious, but you know how important it is for Oregon to hang on to Dante Moore's commitment. Once Kenny Dillingham took the head coaching job at Arizona State, everyone, all eyes immediately went on to Dante Moore, seeing that Kenny Dillingham was an integral part in that recruitment and getting Dante Moore to announce his commitment to Oregon, seeing that he was the offensive coordinator and the quarterback's coach. You know, I was talking to my guy, John Garcia, the other day. He's the director of recruiting at SI, and he was talking about just how how Kenny, you know, really had a huge role there in the the youth and the, you know, uh, creativity in, in the offense. You know, those are things that I think really uh, made, helped Oregon went out in that recruitment. And now Dan Lanning goes to Detroit to meet with Dante, who just won his second state title, uh, you know, in his high school career. So he went out with a bang. Um, that was definitely uh, something that I'm sure he wanted to do with Martin Luther King High School out there in Detroit. I would definitely think that Dante, that uh, Dan Lanning is going into that meeting with a couple names. Not that, and I think I talked about this on a recent show, not that you necessarily need to get Dante's approval, right? You're not going to make 
a hire as important as your offensive coordinator based on keeping one recruit. But I'm sure that, you know, you'll have a conversation like, hey, these are some of the names that we're thinking about bringing in for interviews. You know, any of these guys kind of pique your interest, you know, just kind of picking his brain a little bit, maybe, and getting some thoughts on, you know, some early returns on, on what they think. Because um, obviously Dante is the guy in 2023, but you kind of want to get that, you know, high schoolers or that recruits perspective on your, your offensive coordinator hire, because that offensive coordinator is going to have to go ahead and recruit guys beyond just Dante Moore, right? Um, so like I was saying earlier in the show, Oregon's quarterback room, uh, there's a whole lot of uncertainty right now. And, um, Dante is obviously going to be, uh, you know, a big guy that you want to get in there, uh, into that room, uh, for the 2023 season. You definitely want to get him to sign early. If you can, uh, you want him to enroll early. The, the quarterback position is definitely that position that you probably benefit the most from getting on campus early, getting in the playbook, adjusting to that college lifestyle, uh, building that chemistry with your wide receivers, with your running backs, with your offensive line. Because where Oregon's at right now, it's it's not so, so far from reality that they could be without a scholarship quarterback on the roster, right? If, if Bo Nix announces that he wants to go to the NFL, if Ty Thompson announces that he wants to enter the transfer portal with uh, with Kenny Dillingham, who's also an Arizona native. Um, we obviously know, along with Thompson, they could be in the situation where Dante Moore is the only scholarship quarterback that you have, and he's not even necessarily at Oregon yet. So then you would have to go probably pers- – maybe you look at getting another quarterback in the 2023 class, maybe someone who's already committed somewhere else, or you look into the transfer portal. These are all hypotheticals, but – the big point that I'm getting at is that the quarterback position at Oregon looks very uncertain right now uh, amid these, the the news of Jay Butterfield entering the transfer portal and then not knowing what Bo Nix is going to do for his football future. So things could get real crazy uh, for Oregon with regard to a quarterback and, and, you know, it's a position at Oregon, right? If you've been following the Ducks for a while, you know, this is a position that hasn't had a lot of stability, right? The last multi-year starter that they had was Justin Herbert. Tyler Shuck was one of those former guys, a, a, you know, a prep guy uh, that they recruited, but he only played for a year, and then he transferred to Texas Tech. And uh, Vernon Adams was a guy who came out of the transfer portal, um, you know, JUCO transfer, and or not a JUCO transfer, sorry, the Eastern Washington transfer, and he was a smashing success, right? Um, but I think a lot of people are continuing to have this conversation and maybe ask themselves, you know, is the transfer portal the way to go for Oregon when it comes to finding their quarterback to finding their guy at quarterback? And I'm, I'm more inclined to say no. Um, but I think you can kind of make up for some of the deficiencies of maybe having a one year quote unquote rental quarterback. If you have a dominant defense, if you have just amazing players, if you have dudes at every position on your roster. So, um, so yeah, I think that, that that's definitely something to, to follow. Um, let's see here. Let's see if we got some, some questions here. Um, yeah, this is so question from Christopher. He's saying, he's asked Max with all the disrespect that Ty has received from the so-called duck fans and Jay already entering the portal what are the odds that the Ducks lose Ty, Jay, and Moore decides to stay home? I, I mean, I, I think kind of what I was trying to lay out is I don't think that that's necessarily the likely scenario right now, but given some of the recent developments, 
there there's you know a reason to ask these questions because they kind of remain an unknown. Uh, I think it's obviously a huge plus with uh, with in home visits starting that that Lanning is going out to Detroit. You know the head coach coming to to visit you definitely shows that you're a priority. Um, and this visit shouldn't come as a surprise, but um, the, some of the big, you know, the big uh, schools that we can maybe expect to, to call Dante more um, to try to pursue him are some of his finalists, right? Notre Dame just got a, a quarterback not too long ago in the 23 class. So they were very involved with his recruitment before he committed to Oregon, but Michigan was a school that was super involved in his recruitment. Michigan State is someone that, you know, there, there was some smoke around Michigan State before Kenny Dillingham got hired, and maybe that's uh, coming back a little bit again now that Kenny Dillingham is no longer at Oregon. Um, Texas A&M is a school that was involved with Dante Moore. Ohio State just lost their quarterback pledge in 2023 with Brock Glenn flipping his commitment to Florida State. That was a huge development in the world of quarterback recruiting for college football. So I wouldn't say that this scenario is necessarily super likely, but it's looking more likely than it did, you know, 24, 48 hours ago. Um, So I'm not trying to speak that into existence. I don't want to speculate that that's going to happen, but it's definitely a a really, uh, you know, tricky situation that's worth following right now. And then Chris also had a follow-up comment. Please tell me that we're not going to be a permanent QB transfer school because they refuse to mentor and grow slash develop a quarterback. Yeah, this is this is definitely one of those big talking points for, for Oregon football right now, especially now that the regular season's over. A lot of people aren't super excited about the bowl game scenario. You're looking at a scenario where you're probably doing the Las Vegas Bowl or the uh, Holiday Bowl, I think, are the two most common ones that you're seeing for Oregon. So I don't blame some Duck fans that are maybe already looking ahead to the early Saturday period, to the 2023 season, to spring football, because now all these questions around roster management and personnel being on the move uh, are are very important questions to be asking. Um, So I don't know. I think it's tough to commit to growing or developing a quarterback when you're in your championship window right now. It's kind of the way that, that I look at it right now. Um, and if you looked at that quarterback room before Bo Nix got there, or just look at the quarterback room without Bo Nix, there's, there's not a lot of proven production and experience that you have to work with. So I don't blame Oregon for going to the transfer portal. Um, it just kind of feels like this pattern that they're stuck in a little bit right now. And and, then finding that right moment to tab a a guy that you recruited out of high school. Okay. We're going with him. He's going to be the starter. So Something to keep monitoring for sure. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, let's see here. Um, what else do we got here? Andrew asks, so how long until an OC gets announced? Seems like that's the biggest impact on recruiting. Yeah, I think it is right now, right? I think that's uh, definitely a reasonable a reasonable thing to say um, that you need to get that offensive coordinator announced. I think a lot of people, uh, you know, in the Oregon community and the Oregon fan base were, were thinking, you know, you have within like a week to get that announced because like I said, in-home visits are starting. You want to be able to hire that offensive coordinator to, to get some stability, to be able to say, Hey, this is going to tell your offensive commits, not even just Dante Moore, but to tell your offensive commits in 2023, Hey, this is our guy. This is the offensive coordinator. This is the guy who's going to be calling plays. This is the guy who's going to scheme it up and make sure that we don't miss a beat, even though Dillingham isn't at Oregon anymore. Because like we've said, Oregon is a school that's going to be able to attract some names for the offensive coordinator position. Um, we, we had a, a podcast. I think it was our most recent podcast, if I'm not mistaken, um, where we talked about maybe some guys that could be potential names for Oregon's offensive coordinator, you know, internally you're looking at junior Adams uh, and maybe drew Maringer. Um, I think that those are some guys on the current staff that, that could get a look. Um, and then you have some of the other names that are trendy or popular with the fan base um, like Joe Brady, the Buffalo bills quarterback coach, but some people are kind of wondering, does, does he really like the, the recruiting? I think that, um, uh, that's something that you have to ask yourself for, for any coach, regardless if it's just a coordinator, I think any time now that you're going to look for a guy from the NFL ranks and ask him to come take a job in college. And I said this on the last podcast, do they want to deal with all these changes that are taking over college football right now? Do they want to deal with the transfer portal? Do they want to deal with name, image, and likeness? Do they want to deal with the coaching carousel and not having having guys, you know, around for for longer periods of time? Um, so you want to hire an offensive coordinator as soon as you possibly can, for sure. But you don't want to rush that hire um, because we all know how important that is. Um, and I think there's reason to be confident in Dan Lanning and finding the right offensive coordinator because there were a lot of people, I think that were a little bit skeptical of Kenny Dillingham as a first-year play caller, seeing that his first season at Oregon was his first full season as an offensive coordinator calling the plays and what a smashing success he was. Uh, so it's not something that you want to rush, but you know, you got to get on it and you got to hire a guy. Um, you got to hire a guy very, very soon. Um, so one more one more topic that I wanted to hit on, and then I'll try to get to some more of these questions and comments. A reminder, you guys, if you wanted to support the channel, you can do so 
uh, obviously by liking and subscribing, but you can also ask, uh, you can use the super chat function at the bottom of the live chat and live comments, because I know I get a lot of comments and questions and, and obviously I can't get to all of them. Um, but I do, you know, answer those questions that are super chats. I do try to prioritize those. But let's talk about another storyline that is trending today in the world of Oregon football recruiting. One of Oregon's star commits, Oregon cornerback commit Caleb Presley out of Rainier Beach in Seattle, Washington, announced that he will be taking an official visit to the University of Washington this weekend. Uh, and that caught uh, some people by surprise, I guess you should say, um, or, you know, anytime you have a commit taking a, a visit to another school, regardless of what school you're at, that's uh, something that is, you know, going to raise some eyebrows, especially this close to the early signing period, right? Here's, uh, you know, here's Presley's tweet, official visit to UW tomorrow. So what do we kind of make of this? I think that this is an interesting one um, to monitor. Because on the surface, at least, right, you have Caleb Presley. He's a Pacific Northwest guy from Seattle. Uh, and, well, you know, it's no secret that the Huskies are playing some some really good football. Has their defense been amazing? No. Uh, if you've been watching the Huskies, you know that it's their offense behind Kalen DeBoer and Michael Penix that have really been, you know, the, the thing that makes this offense run and the, the face of this team. But... Washington was a school that was kind of, uh, you know, it, it's been in the mix. The Huskies have been in the mix in Presley's recruitment for quite some time. I think under the previous staff with Jimmy Lake, they weren't really that much of a threat. But to Kalen DeBoer's credit, I think he's done a good job. Um, he's done a good job. He drummed up a lot of buzz in the recruiting trail. I remember when he took over, he got a lot of commits quickly. And then now, because you've had a strong season, 10-win season, I believe, uh, for the Huskies. You you won uh, the rivalry game over Oregon, so Oregon's looking kind of vulnerable just on the surface. Um, with, with uh, you know, Washington looking to, to poach uh, a commit here, the number three commit, I might add, in Oregon's 2023 class. And um, Oregon's done a really good job recruiting the state of Washington, right? Presley is the number one player in the state of Washington in 2023, currently committed to Oregon. Um, this new ranking kind of came about after, um, after Jaden Wayne transferred to IMG, another guy that Oregon was recruiting very heavily, but looking in the more recent, um, you know, recent years, Oregon signed the number one recruit out of the state of Washington last year in 2022 in former Rainier beach teammate, Josh Connolly jr. The number one offensive tackle in the country for 2022. He played a lot at Oregon as a true freshman, burned his red shirt and saw the field a lot, even caught a touchdown on his birthday in that Colorado game. So Oregon's got some good, uh, some good connections here, obviously with, with Caleb Presley, uh, really good connections to, you know, FSP, the, uh, the, uh, you know, the seven on seven team, the, the training facility in Seattle training program, I should say talent development. But I think the silver lining here with, Presley is that, you know, I think, you know, from based on the, the the people that I've talked to, Oregon still feels pretty good about this recruitment and, and where they're at with Presley. Presley is a guy that's been linked to Oregon and that the previous Oregon staff was going after for the longest time. Um, so, you know, I, I'm personally not super worried about a flip, especially if, you know, if uh, some of my sources are telling me that they still feel good about where they're at with Caleb Presley. And another reason for that is because Caleb Presley is expected back on campus um, 
in uh, you know in the near future. And if and if they're able to do that, especially ahead of the early signing period, I think that's a chance that you have to uh, you know seal the deal and then lock down this commitment. So I think if if I wasn't uh, if I wasn't being told that he was expected back on campus um, after this Washington visit, maybe I'd be a little bit more concerned. But I don't think that that's something that Oregon fans should be too worried about right now. Um, so that's why, you know, I like to see the developments and then kind of do some digging and see what I can gather, um, for sure. And Oregon has a really talented, um, I wanted to also add, they have a really talented hole in the secondary in 2023 with, uh, Presley, obviously. And then you have Cole Martin, who's another cornerback. You have safety Cody to Canberra. Uh, you have defensive back Colin McGill, and you also have Tyler Turner out of the state of Texas. Um, and, and I think those are definitely a good haul for the Ducks, but you know how important it is for Oregon to hang on to a guy like Caleb Presley, especially at corner with the issues that they had defending the pass. And just as a secondary, as a whole this year, you're probably going to lose Christian Gonzalez, who is the most consistent guy uh, in that secondary uh, all year. Um, so I think that that's definitely part of the reason that it's so important for Oregon to hang on to Presley and just keep looking for talented defensive backs. You'll remember they're also in the running for t- uh I must say Tavon Austin um, for Daylon Austin, the Long Beach Poly cornerback in the 2023 class. He's committed to LSU, but Oregon's in a great spot there. He's expected back on campus in December um, for another visit. And then they're also going after Roderick Pleasant, who recently took his official visit to Oregon for uh, the, the Utah game. So they were able to, the defense played their best game of the year. I think you could uh, wager in that, um, in that game. So Oregon, I think they're in good spot with Presley. Not super worried about this one. Uh, that's that's my take on Caleb Presley taking an official visit to Washington. All right, I gotta get a get something to drink here. Okay, what do we have here? Um. Okay, I thought there was a question about. The offensive line. Okay, here's a question from Andrew. Also, with all these three-star offensive line recruits, is there room for Proctor and or Fano? Yeah, I think that there's definitely room. Um, I definitely say there's there's room for for Proctor uh, and and Fano. I think that uh, Oregon's loss, you know, the way that the end of the regular season unraveled, I think you lose a little bit of recruiting momentum in that regard. And I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. I think that we all know that recruits aren't so impressionable for the most part. Recruits aren't so impressionable that they're going to make their decision based off of winning or losing one game, right? You know, they know that coaches have a long-term vision for a program. Um, But it's also no secret that if you lose games the way that Oregon did, a loss to Washington, very winnable, a loss to Oregon State, another game that was very winnable. That's not the best look. So naturally other schools that are competing with you for the same recruits are going to be able to point to those losses. And you kind of lose a little bit of steam on the recruiting trail versus, Hey, we're rattling off wins. There was a time when Oregon had won eight straight games. Their recruiting momentum at that point was at an all time high or just at a very high level for the season. But now Oregon's lost to Oregon state it definitely takes a little bit of wind out of their sails when it comes to some of these guys that may be on the fence or that they're maybe trying to flip. Um, and we know that that Stefano is supposed to be making his uh, commitment. The last I heard, I think it was December 6th, December 7th. So very important to, to keep an eye on, on where things are at with him. 
I would imagine that he's a guy that is definitely going to get an in-home visit from uh, Adrian Clem and this Oregon coaching staff. But in my view, Proctor and Fano are both guys that you do not turn away. Team Shark Attack, what a do flight crew. I wonder if that's my guy, KB. Shout out. Uh, all right, let's see uh, what else we have here. Yeah, Nick talking about Caleb Presley. I hope Caleb Presley takes another visit to Eugene. If not, there are so many corners in the transfer portal that I think we can get after. So, yeah, I mean, I already told you, uh, I told you guys that, that Presley is expected back on campus. Um, and, yeah, I think even if you hang on to all these DBs in the 2023 hall, still go to the portal. You Clearly, they do not have the guys that they need in the secondary uh, to compete with these passing offenses in the Pac-12. So I think even if you get all these guys in 2023, you still want to go after some guys in the transfer portal because you want to get another guy like a Christian Gonzalez uh, who can come in and really elevate your room. All right, let's see. Um, comment from NE. I'll put it in again. I'll put it again for people. Mateo a week ago was a USC or Ohio State pick, but after news that DJ might hit the ports portal, UCLA and Oregon are the favorites to land both. This news broke out this morning. So we're talking about Clemson quarterback DJ Uyunglele. Um, Let me see. Let me see what news we have here, um, if there's anything new there. But it sounds like there might be be some smoke uh, about – um, kind of just what, what kind of a, what the quarterback situation looks, looks like for, uh, for Clemson. I think, yeah, if, if, if DJ Uyunglele were to hit the portal, I think that would definitely be someone that Oregon should go after, especially with the overlap with his younger brother, Mateo. Mateo is going to be taking an official visit to Georgia before making his college commitment during the early signing period. So, he was out at USC for their win over Notre Dame. Uh, I remember when I was talking to him, he was saying that that uh, Georgia game, what, the Georgia visit was kind of the last trip that he was probably going to make before he made his commitment. And then any other trips that he made were probably going to be ones that uh, emerged pretty last minute. Well, what's a school that can pull off a last minute visit? It's one that's right in his backyard in USC. So my feel for this, for a lot of this recruitment kind of has been that USC or Ohio State would be the pick. I think Oregon's still in the mix here, but my kind of thought was that they were going to need to get him back on campus. I'm sure they'll go in home for a visit to kind of give one more uh, one more push. Uh, but if they were to pursue his brother, if his brother DJ were to enter the transfer portal, um, I think that would certainly add a new layer uh, of you know intrigue in this recruitment. But as of right now, DJU is not in the transfer portal, so. We'll have to see what's going on there. You know, there were times this season when Cade Klubnick took over at quarterback. Um, <clears throat> so we'll see what uh, Clemson can do in the ACC championship game. And then, yeah, Nick saying DJU would be nice, might help bring his bro as well, right? Yeah, you can never uh, you can never underestimate that brother connection. All right, what else do we have here? Um, what do we have? All right. 
It looks like uh, we had a little bit of breaking news on uh, on the podcast <clears throat> while we were live here. It looks like Oregon edge rusher, outside linebacker. There's some reports that he is expected to enter the transfer portal. Um, so that's another guy on uh, the defensive side who who's been at Oregon for a while. Um, but that's not a, a massive shock to me, just seeing that he didn't have a huge role this year with DJ Johnson and, and Mace Funa manning the edge for Oregon. <clears throat> Man, my throat is super dry. So yeah, that's uh that's definitely some news. Um I got to add that to our transfer portal tracker. Um so we'll we'll have to see what else uh what else goes there. Um Andrew, was there any more buzz on the Texas safety Bowen that Oregon was trying to flip him from Notre Dame? Um, I mean, I know he took a visit out to Eugene, but I haven't heard too much more on, on that front with um, with Bowen. Um, so we'll still have to um, we'll still have to track that and, and see if there's any more developments with uh, with Bowen in that 2023 Notre Dame class. All right, what else do we have here? Um, yeah, I think that's most of what I had. Um, I'll look through the questions and, and see if there's uh, if there's any more. Um, but yeah, I think maybe we maybe we just talk about Braden Swinson a little bit because those are some reports that are coming out now. I don't believe I'll check his Instagram. Sometimes uh, sometimes players put stuff on their Instagram before before Twitter. Okay, hold on. Let's see here. Now my Instagram is being all weird. Of course. Okay, I don't know why. I don't know what's going on with my Instagram, but it looks like we did see some of those. Uh, so with, with Braden Swinson entering the transfer portal, the reports, I should say, let me let me back myself up there. With reports of Braden Swinson expected to enter the transfer portal. Um, I think it just makes sense why Oregon is attacking the front seven so hard in this 2023 class, right? You have guys like uh, Johnny Bowens, who I think has a lot of versatility. We'll see where he ends up lining up, but he's a defensive lineman, defensive end. And then you have Jaden Moore. You have Blake Purchase on the edge. You also have Tatum Tuioti, son of Oregon defensive line coach Tony Tuioti. Um, he's a guy who has really elevated his recruiting stock. Uh, I believe he won a state title with, with Sheldon this year. I think I already talked about Blake Purchase, but let's take a look at other guys in Oregon's 2023 recruiting class. want to make sure that I'm not missing anybody. All right, let's see. What else do we have? As far as the edge, yeah, I talked about Blake Purchase and we got Gene Moore. Yeah, okay, I got everybody as far as the edge rushers or edge defenders for Oregon. I know they're still going after Ashton Porter in the 2023 class. He's a Texas guy, so I'm telling you guys, you got to follow the recruitment of Ashton Porter very closely. He's good friends with Terrence Green. And then we know that uh, the Ducks are still trying to close strong in the Lone Star State. David Hicks and uh, Damian Sanford out of Peyto High School and KD, those are some other Texas targets that you want to track as we near the early signing period. So Oregon has guys coming in to kind of, uh, I think, help with this uh, possible departure as we wait to get confirmation that Braden Swinson is going to be entering the portal from that earlier report. 
Uh, you also have Brandon Buckner, who's seen a little bit of time at Oregon, Trevin Mae, but he's been more of a guy who who plays with his hand in the dirt um, during his time at, at Oregon. Um, and then we have to see what happens with DJ Johnson. I, I don't know. I don't know if he has any more eligibility, but I kind of thought the feeling was that he was going to try to go to the NFL draft after the 2022 season. Um, I'm trying to think of who else Oregon has as a, as an outside linebacker. Um, Cause I know that they moved Terrell Tillman uh, to tight end this year. So he's not someone that they're looking at, uh, at uh, you know, as an outside linebacker. Um Let's see who else. Anthony Jones is also on the roster. Jaden Navarrete, some of these younger guys. I think that that uh, Jabril McNeil, those are some guys you you got to, I think maybe this is where Marion Winston. So you have a lot of youth at the outside linebacker position. And I think that that's maybe where you could see Oregon try to try to make some moves in the, in the transfer portal. Um Because, but it's also hard, right? I think the, the edge rusher is, is one of the, hardest places to find plug and play guys. Um, I definitely think that that's definitely one of the harder positions to find a, a ready-made plug and play pass rusher. And um, we know that that's a position where Oregon needs a lot of help. I would also think that Braden's, uh, Brandon Dorless is going to be trying that my, it's my thought is that he would be trying to go to the NFL draft after uh, this season, but we got to await those decisions. I think that's all I had for you guys on the this episode of the Oregon Football Recruiting Rundown for December 1st, 2022 on the Ducks Dish Podcast. If you guys are still here in the live stream, do me a favor. Important to lock in with me on all the social media platforms. MTorres Sports is where you can follow me on Twitter. That's where you can find the quickest updates on Oregon football and Oregon football recruiting. Even cover some hoops as well as we get more into hoop season with football winding down. And then you can find my written content on ducksdigest.com and you can subscribe to my YouTube channel at Oregon Football Max Taurus. We are getting super close to 2,000 subscribers, so I want to see if you guys can help me get there. That's my goal before the new year is 2,000 subscribers, and I think it's very, very doable. And then the last thing, if you guys could do me a big favor and share the Ducks Dish podcast, share the show with your friends, with your family, with other Duck fans, you guys know how it works. But that'll do it for us on this episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you for your support wherever you're tuned in. And we will see you in the next episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.